0: Hello everyone. Did you hear a sound? It's an, yeah. Okay, well you are super sensitive to sound today, so I'm gonna depend I on you. Am. Yeah. Hello everyone. <laughs> Welcome to episode fifty three.
1: Yeah, that's right. Get your oh my readers gosh, up. I do have to get oh readers. My
0: Oh, episode 53 of Jen and Millie. We're a Gen Xer and a millennial. One of us is a Gen Xer for sure. Share the strength-based perspective through which they view the world.
1: Oh my gosh. I cannot see this. We are your hosts, Allison and Tess. We're your
0: hosts, Allison and Tess. Okay, so secret.
1: sorry, should I zoom in a little bit more?
0: Secret is up. Um, We do that part scripted. That's the only part of Jen and Millie that we do. And I've had to admit to myself and out loud to others that I may need readers. Oh. oh, Allie, I know I'm only 44, but I can't see like I used to be able to see. I can't see things. So I can't mm. see my phone unless it's far away from me. And I can't see my laptop unless it's far away from me. And I could not read that <laughs> number.
1: <laughs> okay. I'll zoom in extra large. No, for you, you
0: don't thing. have to. I just need to face it. Um, it's a generational thing about facing getting older. And I think with every season of life, facing getting older, um, when you're 25, it may not seem the same as when yeah. you're 40ish. So you know, it's not like you're looking like you're looking forward to. I can't wait till I have readers. <laughs> that sounds like a really exciting thing. Then I'd have to pull out a pair of glasses and put it on to read a menu, um, or yeah. I can't wait for my body to be a completely different person than I ever thought it was going to be. Um, <laughs> So I'm learning a lot about my mid-40s. And um, since my mom doesn't listen to this, I can bring it up. When I was 25 and had Sean, um, my youngest, I got really, really, really thin after I had him. And not on purpose. It just happened accidentally. It's just my body and my metabolism. And my mom said to me, oh, you just wait till you turn 30. And I thought... (sighs) How rude, first of all. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) you don't know what you're talking about because you don't know. And it was kind of like what Zoe said tonight when we have that reflection of something that someone older than we are said Mm -hmm. to us that we didn't really take seriously until it happened. So I turned 30 and she was right. And then she said, you just wait till you turn 35 and you wait till you turn 40 and 45. And so all of the things that she said are coming true. including oh. needing readers. And literally on Sunday, I said, oh, I think I might need readers. And she said, oh, you're 44. That's the, that's the age I was when I got readers. And I said, oh, I'm going to dismiss that comment and move <laughs> along. So anyway, getting older is harder Yeah. Um, at certain stages and seasons of life. So... Welcome to Jenna Millie, where Allison cannot even read the computer screen that is literally right in front of us, within hand um, distance, stretch outstretched that's hand. right. Distance.
1: I read things at eighty or ninety percent, so that's why I'll zoom it in for you.
0: You read things at eighty or ninety percent on purpose?
1: Yeah, I don't Be- like large text because then I can see more.
0: Oh. <laughs> Well, you're not ready to upgrade your font, I guess. No,
1: sorry. (laughs) It hasn't been upgraded yet, but I will for you, Allie. Okay. I'll use my empathy and know.
0: These are old glasses. I think that could be part of it. Oh, sure. They are. Anyway, (laughs) we are broadcasting um, this episode from Crete, where we are doing um, two back to back full, basically 12 hour strength days, which I'm loving. Awesome. And they've been full of energy and excitement. And tonight we are staying at Norma's Nook, which is a bed and breakfast um, on Hawthorne Avenue, 7th and Hawthorne. And when I get to come back to Crete, um, Crete is like a second home to me. There are very few places that I have truly lived. Um, so I grew up 20 minutes up the road, yep. um, moved here and went to school here, um, brought my baby girl home. Um, here to Crete and um, loved my college experience here. My first real job was here. Um, My first Mm -hmm. internship was here. Um, So just lots of full heart moments when I get to see people and see those places that I'm um, still so connected to.
1: It's so interesting too, because Crete here was my very first encounter with Nebraska Mm -hmm. when my sister chose to go to Doan uh, to get her education. So when I was a um, freshman in college or a freshman in high school, I guess a, a fall of my sophomore year. Actually, we moved her in, and so long before I ever knew about Creighton or ever wanted to come here myself, I came here to Crete uh, to move her in to Isn't her dorm, awesome. which is so funny. So it's so all of the connectedness that our lives are intertwined in this place, which is interesting. Yes, yes,
0: yeah. and to think about it generationally, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, Don has changed a lot. The yeah. Crete community has changed a lot. But I love that some things have stayed the same and that sense of hospitality. So we are being treated like gold. (laughs) I'm just in awe of the organization and planning that Zoe and Wendy have put into this Strengths Day, but also in the way that they're thoughtful about our needs. And I always try to be someone that honors that wonderful gift of hospitality. Yeah. I can think of a couple people who model this really well, and Zoe and Wendy are two of them. But another one is my friend Megan. Um, When I, Gigi and I went out and spent time with Megan in Waterloo, Iowa, we literally went to our our rooms, and she had, I mean, not just towels for us, but like a little gift bag that had, you know, all snacks and lip balm and, you know, the things that you might need in a bottle of water. Oh. And I thought how many times I had people stay at my home and I hadn't thought about those things. Yeah. And so the sense of hospitality, but then also being here at, yeah. um, essentially a BNB, um, yeah. where it's true hospitality where we're trusted yeah. to be here. And it's just, um, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, it, it's honoring historic. Yeah. It's honoring yeah. your context for Absolutely. sure. This entire house looks like Grammy's house. I can't wait to talk to Lauren, um, because her Grammy, um, mm-hmm. who was my grandmother in law, um, but Grammy was Lauren's great grandmother that mm-hmm. she was very close to. This is exactly like Grammy's house. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you don't get to spend time in spaces like this very often. No. Um, the woodwork, um, and the, the built in cabinetry is just oh, beautiful. Oh, so we had, because, um, we have been traveling and I've been traveling a lot. We thought the best way to do this Um, to record a Jen and Millie is to do this while we have in between time. So it happens to be nine o'clock PM um, (laughs) (laughs) on a Monday night when Mm -hmm. our day started. I think I met you at seven 15 this morning um, at the office. So (laughs) and we have a full day tomorrow before we're heading back.
1: Oh, we love it though. There's something about working um, in your purpose around people that you're united with in that purpose Mm -hmm. that energize you right and you know that I haven't been feeling well all day but there's something about purpose that drives right that drives us that energizes us that propels us to what's next and I can't help but think how Zoe closed the training session tonight just about um, just so moved in in gratitude for her mentors and the way that yes. they're impacting the lives of their mentees, and it was such a beautiful picture and reminder of why we do what we do. And yes. and you and I had to adjust and alter some of the training tonight, which was so fun to kind yeah. of roll with it and utilize our adaptability, um, kind of to to um, have great conversations and kind of foster a mentor academy we hadn't done mm-hmm. as a mentor academy mm-hmm. before, uh, and just the way that it it just brought alive conversations and gratitude and hard conversations but really good conversations yeah. Yeah. and
0: I loved that I looked at my phone at five ten today and thought it's five o'clock like this day oh, has yes. moved so quickly yep. and it it has not felt at no. all laborious no um I am energized and feel yeah. I always feel that way um in strengths days so we came back to Norma Snook and we we're like, "Yeah, let's record a gender. Let's record a Why <laughs> let's not? Do it. Um, oh my gosh. However, you know, I like to go to sleep at like nine thirty at night. Um, <laughs> I'm well
1: aware, <laughs> but it's like negative degrees here, so you're not going to be running
0: outside tomorrow. So I don't we can know. record the general wind generally. dies down. I think I could. I could um, oh, yeah. venture out.
1: Okay, so this question that I've been pondering that um, I thought we could bring into Jen and Millie conversation are, is about, and we've talked a little bit about strengths and change, and so this is a slightly different conversation. Mm-hmm. And I would say it is almost uh, embodied with strengths in new adventures, maybe, okay. um, because change often has a negative connotation, and we've talked about that. But this is when it, it came about because... I have seen your strengths being used in different ways recently because of the work you've been doing in expansion communities in South Dakota and Kansas. Mm -hmm. And you have spent days in those communities. Really helping them to get their new teammates program off the ground, and the stories you come back with, the energy you come back with, mm-hmm. um, is unique um, and it's different from what I've seen in a while and just witnessed in you as a coworker. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I kind of posed this question to you this evening of, and, and we weren't even going to bring this into Jenna Millie, but you're like, let's just talk about it in Jenna Millie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I kind of asked how you feel like your strengths changed with kind of new new responsibilities and new energy, um, and new adventures that you've been given.
0: I think that, um, with expansion. So when I, I want to talk just solely about my top five with expansion, um, we have to be very intentional about the way that we grow and the way that we, um, approach a community Mm -hmm. and, we're doing our homework before we get there. So it kind of Mm -hmm. honors my input, um, to get to know, um, people and kind of honor the questions that they have before we even get there. And then I think what I'm finding is through change and through a little bit of a change in my role, um, because I am doing back to doing new mentor training again more often Mm
1: -hmm. and not
0: just certifying a trainer, but really trying to get new mentors excited about it. is I'm thinking more thoughtfully about my input communication blend and discerning. And I mentioned this today in one of our um, strength sessions, which I probably haven't thought about input that way um, until the last few months. But, you know, not just gathering the information, but how do I sort it? How do I say this is really needed? Or Mm -hmm. maybe you can just leave that part out because you only have so much time. yeah, And you only have so much time in a day to be able to get that information out there. And then I'm really working hard to utilize empathy because I know what it feels like to start a program from scratch. And I know how overwhelming that can feel. But also I think my empathy senses that every community is different. Um, I also have high individualization. Individualization, But I think my empathy (laughs) understands that we can't do um, expansion rollout the same in every community, just like we can't do strengths the same in every community. Um, It really needs to be... Considered first, you know what do your mentors need, and Mm -hmm. how can we honor that? And then what works best for you as a community? And we talked about this on the last Jenna Millie. I know a lot of times people want us to give them a cookie cutter. How do you roll this out? Yeah, we want it to be yours. And I think that's where it's going to have more meaningful impact is if it suits the needs of your community Mm -hmm. and it really honors and nurtures the strengths of your community and the strengths of your matches. Mm
1: Which we both have high individualization, yes. so it's driving a lot from that, but also knowing that when we try and do a blanket approach to everything, that, that human beings themselves are so unique and complex, right. and especially communities themselves the way that we get to connect with the local people in each teammate community when we visit them is so beautiful to see and know the history. Like I think of the 100th Meridian in Kozad that Mm -hmm. we got to know the history Mm -hmm. and the way that Tim described the history of the town, how it was founded. You know, that's unique to that one community, and they are shaped by that every day. And so to think about how not only do we naturally want to approach each person, each community, each chapter, each program in their unique ways... But also, we have a value that it's honoring to them to mm-hmm. do that, mm-hmm. right? And so we can maybe help honor people that might have something like high consistency, which is the least likely pair of individualization, by giving them some templates. Here's what one community used, or here's what another community mm-hmm. used. But ensuring them that whatever they come up with is best for their community because they know their community the best.
0: Agreed. I also think it's, it's really... Um... Challenge me to have higher adaptability not have higher adaptability let me rephrase that
1: lean on it to
0: lean in on the strength of adaptability and recognize and and part of this has been real life for me things are not going to go exactly as I have planned and I cannot control them so I loved that our session this evening was really a great big punt (laughs) we had not done it that way Um, We went into it completely different. And in the middle of the session, which I don't know that we've really ever changed it up that much. In the middle Mm -hmm. of the session, we said, okay, we've got some time. Let's try this. Let's
1: try this. Yeah.
0: Normally. (laughs) Oh, no. I even changed the mentor training PowerPoint. The strengths training PowerPoint. This was was awesome. I'm so proud of myself. I was so proud of you. I know. It was like. So
1: surprising. You were like, oh, and by the way, five minutes from now, we're going to start training. And I changed up the entire PowerPoint.
0: So I think that, and I think it's important for our listeners. and, And if you're a new listener, this is kind of how we have dialogue. But also if you're a seasoned listener, it is really good to know that you can dial down into a strength that is not necessarily in your top five. You have all thirty-four of these themes yep, within you. Absolutely. So you can you can narrow in on a strength and say, "Hey, I want to practice this." Yeah. And so I think with expansion efforts, I've had to be much more adaptable, mm-hmm. much more go with the flow. Um, Des Moines and I often travel and work together. He is not super structured like I am. I mm. love a schedule. I love a very thorough schedule and I like to know exactly what I'm doing at almost every given point (laughs) because I want to know when is the next time I need to be on.
1: Yeah.
0: When is the next time that I need to present so that I make sure and take breaks so the next group of people get the best of me. Absolutely. Um, So he doesn't often work like that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll know the schedule on the way (laughs) and I'll be learning, you know, or we'll change it. I mean, it's just, I think real life has presented plenty of Mm -hmm. examples to me in both work and personal that not everything goes exactly as planned.
1: And I think that's such a great testimony, too, because you do not have high adaptability. But it's a great, I think, insight for listeners to know that you can pull on other strengths, right? Mm -hmm. The Gallup teaches that our top five are us in any given moment. Our top 10 are about 80% of our behavior. They come from our top 10. Mm -hmm. Um, But our supporting talent, so you generally are 11, 12, 13, down to 27, 28, 29 are strengths that we can pull on or partner with easily. And so I've often seen when I've been coaching people that those are the strengths that will pair up with one of our top 10 really easily. Right. That even when we don't use them and even if we tried to use them on their own, it might be a little bit of a struggle Mm -hmm. for us, especially as you get lower down that list of supporting talents. But it's something we can more easily draw upon, especially in collaboration with other talents in our top 10, in our top five. Um, The lower talents, right, the lesser talents, bottom five to 10 or so, um, are ones that take a lot more energy and effort to use. It doesn't mean you can't use them, right? right? Like you're, you know, you have contact really low yes it doesn't mean you can't appreciate what's come before us right um but it's not naturally going to happen for you it might take a lot of effort and energy but you might find that it partners and pairs well with something like communication so when you hear a great story of the past Mm -hmm. you're going to appreciate the past a whole lot more right but it's most likely coming from your natural talent for storytelling and your appreciation of a good story rather than the appreciation of the past but it can potentially partner
0: well with it so i think um question that you had asked me earlier about woo I just thought of this so it may not be adaptability by itself yeah it's that I'm really Mm -hmm. trying hard to practice what I preach right now yeah and it is very difficult for me to stand up in front of people and talk about growth mindset and not Mm -hmm. live in it
1: Mm.
0: so I can't stand up there and say I want you to see the good in people And not practice it. Mm -hmm. I really can't stand up and say, hey, you know, my um, mistakes are not failures. They're opportunities to learn and not practice it. So what it's really forcing me to do right now is to step back and you're going to hashtag connectedness (laughs) all over this to say, okay, this is life is presenting itself to me right now in a way that Mm -hmm. I need to learn from it. Yeah. And I wouldn't be able to stand in front of people and say, I would like to talk to you today about the concept of purpose. If I wasn't constantly living in and practicing that, yeah. So I believe that some of these lessons are coming my way, so that I get to practice. No. <laughs> I get to practice what I preach. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. otherwise it gets stagnant. Yep, absolutely. And I think every time that I talk about strengths and I talk about that bubble, you know, I I task people, people today. Said, yep. If you just spent the day imagining what was right with that person, the whole day. That's just what you did. Is you. Every time you interact with them, all you saw was good Um, for just one day. Do you know how hard that is? For me, it's really, really hard to do, Um, especially when I think about some of the things that have happened. You know, sometimes trust is really hard. And when you're when trust gets broken, you kind of have a view of the world of nothing is going right or everything is against me or I can't trust anyone. Well, I know better than that. So I've had to lean in on adaptability to say, yeah. okay, girl, you cannot do anything about this. Yep. There is nothing you can do. So you're either going to lean, lean in and be resilient, mm-hmm. or you're you're going to be an absolute disaster. And no one. So back to woo, no one deserves anything less than my best. Hmm. So when I am about to speak to a group of 300 or a group of three, I want that exact same experience. They're not lesser. Because there are three or because I've had a bad day or because things aren't going well for me they deserve the best of me so I love that Tess said to me before we started um
1: (laughs) it's just pre-dialogue we didn't know would become dialogue like what's up with your woo
0: I feel like you said and you said that I sometimes you said two things today that stood out my sense of humor is self-deprecating I don't see that And then, but I've heard it multiple times. I don't see it. I just see it being real. So, you all can't see this (laughs) centipede looking gash. It looks like a live centipede is on my forehead. It's not. That's what I think it looks like. (laughs) So, I ran into, I mean, truly ran ran into a shelf and I have a gash on my forehead. And I feel like. What am I supposed to do? Pretend this isn't here. So I have to share. you to lean into it.
1: I have to share with people. (laughs) This is what happened
0: unless I want to make up some kind of ridiculous story or try to cover this thing up with makeup, which you couldn't even do. So (laughs) I've just said, okay, this is me. I don't see it as self-deprecation. I see it as being real.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Okay.
0: And so I was thinking about that, like, oh, maybe I do self-deprecate a little bit, but maybe I'm just trying to be real before someone else notices. Hmm. And then with woo, I think I'm always aware that potentially someone else could notice. Hmm. So that probably comes across a little bit.
1: So you preemptively put mm-hmm. yourself down so that. I preemptively say, yeah. hello, I ran into a shelf. I ran into a shelf. So yeah. that
0: people don't think, wow, what happened to her? She is so hmm. accident prone.
1: Interesting. So my observation was that. Sometimes you rag, oftentimes lately you've been ragging on your woo and talking about how your woo is in the basement and talking about how your woo has not been honored and you haven't been able to use it. Mm -hmm. And it's dragged you down instead of lifted you up. And I think it's, it's definitely real for us, right? Mm-hmm. But I think there's something about, and you know, some of my hypotheses around this and bringing it up, which I didn't know was going to become part of the podcast again, <laughs> sorry. It's just going to be our own dialogue, but that's what this is about, right? That's about right. opening up our windshield conversation. It is. Um, but uh, it was a little bit of wondering if some of the labels are coming back to haunt you. Right of the things that have been the negative labels that have been associated with that, and that's one woo that gets probably more negative labels than the rest. Um, Mm -hmm. And I just wonder if that if if you're listening to the labels more than you're listening to the talent itself.
0: I think listening to the labels has been a very difficult challenge for me lately, because. So woo is an influencing theme, correct? Correct. Mm -hmm. But it is my strongest relationship-building theme. Yeah. and
1: It's the the gateway to relationships. And I do
0: not... So I have a lot of relationships and a lot of friendships, and I pride myself in that, and I love that, and it's my hope that people who know me know that I do love and care about them. I think what I'm learning, the thing that keeps me up at night lately is... All about promises. Hmm. So I've been trying to use the mantra, um, keep the promises hmm. because that bothers me a lot. Hmm. If I can't stand in an integrity and keep a promise. Hmm. And I think the woo label is, oh, you're just putting on a show. You're just fake. You're just saying this, hmm. you're not really going to follow through with it. Um, that's not, that's not the way my woo no. works. I mean, no I'm, I'm here to honor a promise. So, if I say something in training, I intend to make sure that I can follow through on what I say.
1: Absolutely. So, if
0: I tell you you're, you should expect this kind of experience, you can count on me to do that. I think what's happened with some things, you know, personally and even professionally, it gets um, mislabeled as yeah. kind of a, oh, you're too worried about what people think. No, I, I actually really care if my word. is not good and then having lived through promises not kept um i think the label part of it has probably um come up a little bit more woo and relator are different
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but also i think in a lot of ways very similar and i think that
1: i think similar in how they blend with your other strengths and you function in a mature form of woo yes that really aims almost to redefine what woo looks like
0: yeah it's not just meeting new people. No. It's really wanting to make connections. And I know that it blends with yeah. my connectedness well.
1: And I think there's a there's a misinterpretation that winning others over is for is an inner drive to mm-hmm. win others over, but yours is very much an external mm-hmm. drive of wanting to win others over to the mission of teammates, mm-hmm. to the integrity of teammates, to the the promises that that we are to keep as, as mentors' support system, right. as their trainers, as their source of mm-hmm. backing, as the fact that they're part of a team, you know, all of those promises made during training, mm-hmm. you're winning others over is almost in a sense trying to convince others of their purpose, worth, and mission yes. rather than winning them over to put another name on your list of those you have influence over, which is how Wu can function in a raw state, Mm -hmm. coupled with and paired with other strengths sometimes, Mm -hmm. right? Every strength has its downside, right? They're all neutral in and of themselves, and a lot of people will aim them in a destructive way or not a great way, right? Because everybody has a top five, Um, but you pair them very productively and powerfully in a way that has purpose behind it, and that's the difference, right? That you're not winning others over, for a me kind of raw form. Mm-mm. You're winning it over for the we, for the team of the impact of the difference that teammates is making as an organization.
0: So I think one of the most powerful things that I say, and this goes back to our conversation about the Enneagram.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: One of the most powerful things that I say, and when I say powerful, like I can feel yeah. it in my heart. It resonates. You know, like when you're at a concert and the bass is so yeah. loud and the, the music so loud that you can feel it in, you, in your body. When mm-hmm. I say, when you show up for a young person and you show up for them week after week, year after year, and you remind them that they matter, mm-hmm. and you remind them that they have value, and you remind them that they have worth, that statement is so powerful to me. Yeah, It is so, I mean, it it breaks me in a lot of ways because I think, I mean, shouldn't we all be doing that for one another? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the thought of... I could be part of somebody showing up for somebody that way and reminding someone that that's, that's all that matters to me. So when I think about how I utilize my woo, it's to say to a mentor, trust me when I say this, those games of connect four matter,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you are reminding someone that they are important. Yeah. Um, You don't have to. You show up because you want to. Those things really stand out to me. And I think it's in the way that I tell it that I utilize woo. Absolutely. And the way that I bring stories in. But also I will pause and like, I want you to hear what I'm saying. You're reminding a human being that they are important. Like what is more important than that? That is incredible. But when we had talked about earlier about Enneagram, um, which I'm not necessarily a fan of that assessment. Um, you can go back and to our podcast. But you, um, my motivation is about being needed. Yeah. But I think it's because I'm constantly trying to remind myself that I have worth, yeah. that I have value, that I matter. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I didn't hear those messages, yeah. but that I probably need a few more reminders, um, even where mm. I am now.
1: And, and I think that's interesting that you bring that up because the mantra of your type is you are enough. Because oftentimes the inner self-talk mm-hmm. is I'm not good enough. Right. I'm not fill in the blank enough,
0: right? Yep. And I think we all walk with that to a certain degree um, in certain ways and at certain seasons. Um, but my word of the year, and when I chose it, I had no idea what it would come to mean to me. Um, my word of the year is worth. And I originally had started it because I wanted to be more of a minimalist and think about, okay, really, what is all this stuff worth and, and what are you doing? And are you living in your purpose in worth and in value? And that word worth has come to mean so much more Mm -hmm. to me. And so when you challenge me a little bit of, you're kind of dogging on your woo. I'm thinking, what do I do that? But sometimes (laughs) I do. It is my social superpower, So I love when I come to Cree and there are hugs for me to give because I've known this person and come back. And now I can reconnect on all these five. I mean, I ran into, well, I sought out my daughter's very first teacher who she had as, I mean, when I talk about being a teacher, Jen was amazing with her and she was an infant. So we are taking our baby. I'm taking my baby to daycare. And it was this beautiful, brand new, um, Blue River Family Center and we were so excited about it and we had this wonderful teacher named Jen who Lauren I mean as an infant was absolutely enthralled with I mean she just mm. we all thought I mean yeah. we are so lucky to have this person oh. as part of our daughter's life and I have brought up Jen's name multiple times so Sunday I was at a do event and two people checked in and they said their last name was Krauss and I said by chance are you related to Jen and they were like yeah we're her parents and I said she is awesome. And I haven't seen her in years. And so I sought her out today. And I, as soon as I saw her, yeah, I felt like that was such a good decision we made. Hmm. It was such a good decision for Lauren to be around that kind of person, even as a baby. Yeah. And now they're, I see they're reconnected on social media. Um, <laughs> but when I think about that social superpower, it's the way that I try to connect and bridge. Yeah. And maybe I'm bridging from the past, even though context is very low for me. Mm. I'm bridging from those experiences that have reminded me yeah. what worth and value yeah. do all of these people bring to my life. To be here in Crete is very powerful because I recognize I would not be where yeah. I am had it not been for a lot of people who are here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is really important for me to practice gratitude in yeah. and to say thank you about, um, I did tell mentors tonight and I will say this all the time. If you have a Mrs. Weber or a Jen Krause or a Doc Dudley or a Julie Kozachek or a Kay Hegler or a Lauren Davidson, if you can say thank you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I hope that you do yeah. because I don't think people, um, realize the difference that they make when they just remind somebody that they yeah. matter and that they're important.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, my pastor,
0: I think two weekends ago,
1: talked in a sermon. Uh, no, it wasn't a sermon. It was kind of the introduction, and it was, you know, and, and not to get political or anything, but it was the founder of Chick fil A. And he said, nobody ever left a job because they felt underappreciated.
0: And he said, It's the manager.
1: It's, yeah, it all has to do with the manager, right? Like it's, you know, which all of Gallup's research of people don't leave jobs, they leave managers. But I think, I thought it was such a profound statement because one of the greatest gifts you can give to another human being is calling out their worth and their value. And you can do that simply through a compliment. Yeah. simply through recognizing what is good and right about them it does not take a lot of effort it simply takes us taking ourselves off of ourselves for a second mm-hmm. right and focusing on another person mm-hmm. to recognize what is good and right about them
0: well and i think zoe and wendy do this oh, so naturally oh here goodness. to be thinking about what do yeah. they need yeah to tell us where the restrooms are yeah to constantly have water in front of us oh, i mean they, they just are very thoughtful about what we what we would yeah. need throughout the day But I want to strength spot your individualization, which I don't often do. (laughs) So we walk into this conference room and immediately Tess hears a sound that I don't, which is almost like you can hear a dog whistle and I can't. It is apparently a really high-pitched sound. I mean, you can't see her, but she's physically pained even talking about it. And I know after days of migraines, sound sensitive, all these things. But I could see that immediately you noticed a student.
1: Yeah.
0: Who was feeling the same way. Yep. And your empathy which you often downplay. <laughs> I
1: often dog on, yep. <laughs> immediately
0: went into high gear and you recognized that she was feeling those same same kind of feelings about just the sound in the room. And I watched both of us talk through what we typically say are standard best practices and yep. stop and say We'll We'll adjust. Yeah. we can adjust this. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was really such a great example of your individualization, which I wanted to call empathy, but it was you recognizing um, this maybe wasn't the best environment for her to take the assessment. Yeah. So that's fine. We'll take it again, which we rarely say. No. Yeah, you know, we never, don't. We I don't think I've
1: ever said that before. No. But so, I said there might be a case for arguing that she needs to take it again. Yes, because the space was yeah. very distracting. And if I was, I was that distracted by it, I wasn't even trying to answer and tune into my gut response to my talent.
0: So the individualization piece that I want to name and want to, uh, to really praise you that I saw in you is you did not say it in a way that it the language that you used, which I really appreciated, was there is a valid case for there were too many distractions at the time of taking the assessment. It yeah. was not clinical, but it was professional. Yeah. It wasn't there was this super wonky sound that was really <laughs> getting in the way of her taking the super fun survey. You said it in a way that said, this person yeah. needs to have the best learning environment mm-hmm. and the best environment to take mm-hmm. the survey. So we tend to stand behind our best practices pretty firmly mm-hmm. because we have to. Yeah, 10,000 matches, a third of them are doing strengths. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are, we are literally trying to manage codes and man- manage mentors who are running into <laughs> tech issues. And oh gosh, we're doing so much around that that yeah. very rarely do we go off course. But when there is merit, mm-hmm. you will absolutely stand up in integrity to say, I see the person. Um, I watched you do this in McCook um, when you sat with a mentor and helped that mentor who was older and probably not super tech savvy. Mm-hmm. Um, he also fell asleep in my training. Um, but he <laughs> he was struggling with the assessment. You sat with him and walked him through the entire thing. Yeah. And it did not even phase you to take mm-hmm. over an hour to really sit and honor that person. I mm-hmm. saw you do this um, recently when we were in COSAD um, with the way that a, a mentor and mentee, um, or a ment- two mentors, a uh, husband and wife, um, <laughs> you were hearing them not just as individuals, but as an individual couple. And you were telling their story in a way. Yeah. I mean, your individualization is not a strength we talk about a lot here, um, but I don't yeah. even think one that you realize
1: yeah
0: rises up not to defend the underdog but to represent I hear you um you are unique and um I'll make adjustments yeah so it was it was really great (laughs) to see that today I could not hear it
1: I know neither could so it was appalling I had to step out the first time I stepped into the room that's like a whole different (laughs) story but it was it was very hard to hear and I know it was really bothering her too She kept
0: plugging both of her ears. Do you... um, We've never talked about this. Do you feel like strengths have anything to do with our senses?
1: Hmm. In some ways, yes. Like, I think about the description of adaptability, being hyper-aware of the present circumstances. Right? Like, I can hear the radiator rattling behind us, and I'm very aware... And my phone just buzzed, I got a notification. I and I not know it that. was no um oh my watch and it was a text message because it was a smaller buzz than the longer buzzes. Right? Like
0: <laughs> This is why I don't have a right? iWatch.
1: But but you know, all of those things that I'm registering that are happening right now. Um, I think there there's some of it, right? That's definitely tunes us in to our senses. I think there are some strengths that lend people to be more aware of their senses because they're more, I think it probably has a lot to do with time orientation, right? There are a lot of, there are a lot of strengths that are very present focused versus those uh-huh. that are past or future focused.
0: Um, you, you are super
1: aware of smells too. Very aware. Mm-hmm. But that's also a lot of smells are triggers for me. So that has to do with my health too. So, um, as are sounds and light. So, right. Mm-hmm. hmm But there's something about, I mean, adaptability is an an over-awareness of of the present moment so that you can respond to whatever's here, right? So, like, I'm very aware of the exit behind me so that if a burglar does come... I know how to get up
0: and. <laughs> okay, you need to lower your expectations for that kind of excitement around here. Around, also, no, I know. let's strength spot that a little bit. When Tess said, "If there's an intruder," what did you say? You like always have looked forward I've, to. I've it?
1: waited for this. Like I've just waited for, and but that's also my enneagram type and my strengths that are okay. just like I am ready. If someone wants to take me, let's go.
0: See, if someone wants to take me, they're going to immediately regret it within 30 seconds because I'm going to start crying and talking about everything. (laughs) And so I told Tess as we were coming in, I remember when I was younger thinking, no one is ever going to kidnap me. You know, those stories you tell yourself as a kid, like, is someone going to kidnap me? No one is ever going to kidnap me because they will immediately regret (laughs) Regret it. it. (laughs) They will turn that van around and say, we are taking her back. She talks too much and she asks too many questions. Um, (laughs) But just thinking about senses, um, I think mm-hmm. I'm hyper aware to nonverbals, and sure. I think that honors my communication absolutely because I am looking for what are you not saying.
1: Mm-hmm. The fact that I'm itching all over, I think I got bit a lot.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> I, 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 I really, and that's a blend with my empathy. I absolutely. really sense nonverbals. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I can tell, and and sorry for all of you who are listening, who've ever been in on one of my trainings, I can tell. When you're not present.
1: Absolutely.
0: I am so aware of it. And today, I do want to mention this. Today was the best reaction, the best learning reaction that I've ever had to strengths. And so we go around and we talk to all the students and we say, what'd you think? And oh my gosh, let me see your top five. And we talk through them. We really want to affirm those strengths. And I love being part yeah. of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I went over to a student he just found out his top five. And I said, tell me about this. What'd you think? And he said, this is the dumbest thing that I have ever done. <laughs> And I, I, so back to where is adaptability for me right now? It didn't even, it didn't even phase me. I said, I am so glad to hear that. So let, you know, let's take a look at your top five. And then as we kind of talked about it a little bit, I was really intrigued by his nonverbals, but also the things that he did respond to.
1: Yeah.
0: And the things, there's no woo in the world, that would be effective with someone who says that. And I know that. And my woo says, shut it off. Hmm. So you're going to have to use empathy and communication and strategic to think about this. You're not selling this person on it. Mm. They're done with it. He just said this is the biggest waste of time ever. Hmm. Okay? So you tell me in your own words what this means. You help me better understand this. Um, Mm. So really ways to think about... Um, not everyone's going to like this.
1: Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, You can be the ripest peach, but not everybody loves peaches. Huh. I mean, that's just true. That's just how it is sometimes. But he really challenged me to think Mm -hmm. about, and and all I said was, I hope you continue to express exactly how you feel. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to say, I hope you rethink this, (laughs) but it's okay. Yeah. And it was really, really good practice for me to be in that moment and not prepared for that kind of reaction and not take it personal.
1: Yeah. So I love that when you spotted kind of your woo in that moment and knowing when to tamper it down. But I think about the contexts in which uh, you're able to kind of gear it up and how when you talk about being kind of in front of a crowd and woo being your social superpower, right? Like woo has a read on the social And the relational energy of the room, Mm -hmm. and woo has a read on, or empathy is a read on the emotional energy of the room. So you are hyper aware of the room itself. And so, after the kind of lunch mentor training, I talked with a mentor and she was strength spotting your woo and um, empathy and all these things. And um, she strength spotted my empathy, which I was like, oh. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's number nine for me. She, But she was talking about how she didn't re- know that. And so we had a one-to-one conversation. They I said, that's because I function best in one-to-one conversations. Right. That when I get up in front of people, it gives me anxiety. Um, and I tend to break out a little bit, right? <laughs> and so that's just a difference in yes. an awareness of the present, right? That I might be aware of. The circumstances, my adaptability needs to respond to in the present, where you are aware of the social, emotional, and relational energy of the present circumstances, Mm -hmm. and you have the power and the authority to wield that in a way that helps people feel included um, in if it's learning about the mission of teammates or connecting with other people in the room, um, making connections, feeling valued. So you're able to kind of wield the people energy, right? And respond to that in the moment Mm -hmm. where adaptability is a little more, it's a relationship building strength Mm -hmm. because of the steadiness and serenity that it brings in situations. But it a lot has to do for me about the situational circumstances of the
0: present. Right. So I love that we can... Dial deeper into strengths, into conversations, Mm -hmm. when we're willing to address, hey, I saw this. So that is not, hey, your woo is in the tank. Why are you dogging on It's not the way that we would really encourage a mentor to approach their um, mentee. However, we have a longstanding trust-building relationship where you can say, what's up with that? Yeah. And then it helps me to step back and say,
1: hmm, what is up
0: with that? Yeah. Why might that be happening? Mm -hmm. So it's my hope that anytime anyone's listening in, that they're thinking about what kinds of really meaningful conversations can you you have. Yeah. I loved that tonight we got to talk about generational differences. Yeah. um, Mm -hmm. With a phone. Yeah. That is so interesting to me. I mean, what kind of phone do you suppose happened in this house? Oh, wow. I mean, really, you think about that. I mean, I, I just mentioned, did you hear me mention this the other day that it came up on my time hop that I joined, um, Facebook 11 years ago and I was looking at the pictures that I first posted. So it has like your, you know, on time hop, it shows 11 years ago. Here are the pictures that you posted on, on Facebook. And I looked at all of these pictures and it was really interesting to me to look at the surroundings. There are no phones. So there's a picture of me and my friend Jeremy and Bart and Zach, and we're all at a table at the bar in Exeter. And you look at the table, and the table looks bare. Because all, all that's on the table are drinks.
1: Yeah.
0: There wow. are no phones. Hmm. And then I thought, how do we take this picture? <laughs> and then I saw my, cam- my old school camera case sitting there. So someone had taken the, that picture. Now, it was digital, So I was able to upload it, but I think back to my seventh grade self, my freshman in high school self, I had to develop all those pictures. My mom would go to the pharmacy and friend and say, how many rolls of film did you develop in here? Because we got the bill, you know, our monthly bill we could charge (laughs) to the account. She said, there's $50 of film processing in here. Cause you would literally take the film cassette and then turn it over and hope that the pictures turned out. Yep. Also, you would hope that maybe your parents didn't look at those pictures. So, because <laughs> you didn't really know exactly what was taken. When oh I think gosh. about that, 11 mm-hmm. years ago, wow. my first social media pictures did not have a phone right. at the table oh. in any of the settings. Hmm. And I noticed that immediately.
1: Hmm.
0: And thought, wow, we used to have really good conversation. And you can see, we're not doing anything with our hands either.
1: Yeah.
0: We're just kind of leaned back. Talking, enjoying talking company. to one another, <laughs> yeah. and we would sit and talk for a long time without anybody looking at a device to tell us about what anybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't know that unless we had a face to face conversation or a phone yeah. conversation. Mm-hmm. So, generationally, huh. that's a big difference, absolutely. Hmm,
1: hmm. Some Some lots of interesting to musings tonight. Oh man, <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, a few things maybe for people to think on. Um, I would love for people to think about kind of the question I posed to you tonight, Allie. If, think about the last recent adventure you've embarked on, something new that you've either walked into in your life or something new that has been placed in your lap and how have your strengths look different in that exciting newness when we think about the positive effects of change. Um, and then maybe think about Number uh, two, places, people um, people that have influenced your life that you can recognize. And we talk about this in new mentor training, but I was even thinking as you were listing off the mentors in your life, and Lauren's life, um, the people that I need to thank that I haven't in a while for influencing me. Um, so think about mentors in your life and reach out to them. Thank them for the mm-hmm. influence they had on you. Um, and then third, make space for a meaningful conversation this week. So think about a person... Um, a conversation starter maybe something we've talked about here and set aside your phones set aside technology and make space make margin in your life for a meaningful conversation Does that sound good? Sounds great. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in to episode 53 of Jen and Millie. If you enjoyed, I'm going to say tonight's conversation because we're rounding about 10 p.m. around here, (laughs) um, consider sharing this episode with a friend. Also, if you like late nights with Jen and Millie, I feel like that's what we should redo it.
0: Oh, yeah? (laughs) let us know. Well, you're going to have to schedule that before 9. I
1: feel like we're a little more uninhibited after a 13 hour day (laughs) than normal. But um, uh, share this episode with a friend. Let us know what you think. Um, To interact with us and share your responses to the questions and follow up that we have for this episode, follow us on Instagram. It's the best way to reach us at Jen and Millie. That's at G-E-N-N-A-N-D-M-I-L-L-I-E. Until next time.